So if you were able to listen to all four of our passages this morning, you may have found them to be a bit piercing, a bit stirring, to put it lightly. The passage from Amos, Amos 5, Amos is full of prophecy. The prophet Amos was not willing to shy away from the truth that people had to hear. In verse 5, he says, seek the Lord and live. And then verse 11, do not trample on the poor or afflict the righteous or take a bribe or push aside the needy. Hate evil, in verse 15. Do good. Establish justice at the gate. And there's all sorts of repercussions. If you do not do these things, if you, do, if you treat people poorly, I will basically destroy you, is, is the prophecy from Amos. It is rather hard-hitting. And then this Mark passage that we just read, Mark 10, 17 to 31. In verse 21, Jesus looks at this man, loves him, and said, you lack something. Go and sell everything you own and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. And understandably, this man leaves away, leaves shocked. He's absolutely shocked that Jesus would say this because here he had obeyed at least six of the Ten Commandments all his life and went away grieving because he had many possessions and they were important to him. Jesus points out that this man's money is likely more sacred to him than God. He leaves out the four commandments that talk about honoring God and having no other gods before me and having no graven images. And this man is grieved. Jesus kind of caught him in his sin. We all have something that holds us up. And he's cut to the quick. And then in Hebrews 4 that Pastor Kevin read for us, these words are literally, maybe not literally, are cutting on their own. They use this cutting metaphor. Indeed, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing until it divides soul from spirit, joint from marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And verse 13 of Hebrews, we're going to sit here in this Hebrews passage for a little bit if you want to have your Bibles open to one of the passages. I would recommend Hebrews. In verse 13, it says, And before him no creature is hidden, but all are naked and laid bare to the eyes of the one to whom we must render account. That's pretty appalling. To be naked and laid bare to give an account while you're naked and laid bare. I mean, just think of that literally. Um, unless you're two years old and you like to run around naked, <laughs> most of us wouldn't be very excited about standing in front of God, everything laid out there for him, not just physically exposed, but all of the inside stuff exposed. So I don't know what comes up for you as you listen and read these passages. And I think that is one way that the word, the, the, the literal word, the Bible, the word of God, 
is living and active. It prompts stuff in us in a way that any human couldn't come up with. It cuts us to the quick in the most perfect way, in the most gentle yet piercing way. So I don't know, I'm not going to presume to to tell you what you should be feeling or thinking or responding to as you read Mark chapter 4 or Mark chapter 10 or Hebrews chapter 4 or Amos 5. There's a lot in there. Michael Hedgeman says about this Hebrews passage, this is a quote. The double-edged sword of God's living word to cut through the illusions we cling to. These are some of the illusions. Trusting in economic and political security instead of God's abiding presence. Hoarding resources as if they were not gifts to God. Believing in cultural gospel, a cultural gospel that says that what we have, whom we know, and how much we how much knowledge, power, and prestige we possess determines who we are. Maybe other things that came up for you is the treatment of the poor, or giving away money and possessions, or letting go of a tight grip on relationships you have with family and friends for the kingdom of God, or having those thoughts and intentions laid bare before him. But instead of any of that, As easy as it would be, perhaps, to preach a hard-hitting gospel, especially when we're in financial uh, strain here at Monroe Free Methodist Church, to say, go sell everything you have and come follow us. That would be be a perfect sermon. I mean, we didn't set this up. It was in the lectionary. But what I want to point out is one little phrase in Mark 10, 21. Jesus looked at him and loved him and said. So despite all of the judgment from these passages, the love of Jesus underlies all of it. And then this passage of Hebrews, the throne of grace, receive mercy, Mercy, grace, and love, that's what underlies all of these passages. So let's see what might come a little bit more alive for us in this book of Hebrews. So the word of God is living and active. Now, it's easy to think, especially as evangelicals, to think that um, the word of God is just the Bible. But if we think back to John, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Verse 14, And the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only God's only Son, full of grace and truth. And verse 16, from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. So this word of God is Jesus. Jesus is living and active, and he is able to judge our thoughts and attitudes. And before him, nothing is hidden. We are naked and laid bare, and we must render an account to him. Give an account for everything you've said and done. 
So this Jesus of ours is a judge. Now, this is why a lot of people don't come to church. Because they think the Bible is a book of rules. Christians are judgmental, and maybe Jesus is judgmental too. But Jesus is a judge, a loving judge, with the skill and concern of a surgeon. He cuts through the junk of our lives. The mask that we have peeled on that is so inseparable from our own skin, he gently peels it off and takes it away. And he is our high priest as well. He is the one that we must confess to. But the difference between this high priest is that he became like us. He became flesh. He is able to sympathize with our weaknesses because he was tested in every way just as we are. Amen. His incarnation allows him to understand where we're coming from. So when we go to him to intercede for us, we don't find harsh judgment. We find love and grace and mercy. Rooted in truth. It is true. He's not going to beat around the bush. But this is the good news. This is the good news of Jesus. This is the good news of this passage. This is the good news of the gospel, the Bible. Everything we are about is the grace and love and truth of Jesus. So Jesus doesn't pronounce on us guilt and finger wagging and condemnation, even though perhaps it is deserved. One of the quotes I read this week It's not behind me. It said, if we do not keep our Bibles open, our hearts unlocked, and our minds ready for God's deft sword, we may miss that liberating moment when the dis-ease of our life is cut away by the healing wisdom of the living word. Healing comes when we let go of our pretense. When we stand before God unashamed, lift up your heads, friends. Whatever is is holding you down and bringing you guilt and burden and fear and shame, let go. It's going to be uncomfortable. It may hurt, but freedom is on the other side. It is for freedom that we have been set free. And the love of God undergirds all of it. As we anticipate being filled now with his mercy and his grace and his love at the table of Christ, let us pray a prayer of emptying. This is a prayer by Ted Loder. And I'm going to read it slowly and carefully. And maybe you'll be able to sit with it as I read. Gracious and Holy One, 
creator of all things and of all emptiness. I come to you full of much that clutters and distracts, stifles and burdens me, and makes me a burden to others. Empty me now of gnawing dissatisfactions, of anxious imaginings, of fretful preoccupations, of nagging prejudices, of old scores to stifle, and of the arrogance of being right. Empty me of the disguises and lies in which I hide myself from other people and from my responsibility for my neighbors and for the world. Hollow out in me a space in which I find myself. I find peace and a whole heart, a forgiving spirit and holiness, the springs of laughter and the will to reach boldly for abundant life for myself and for the whole human family. Amen. As we come to this table, it is open for all who wish to receive the love and grace of Jesus Christ.